Welcome everyone to our special podcast, Meet the Mentor. This podcast is designed to help international students in the U.S. with their career search. My name is Quan Siegel. I am the CEO and founder of International Career Advisory, or ICAA. We are an empowering community for international students, and we provide different coaching programs to support international students at different stages of their career search in the U.S. In this Meet the Mentor podcast, I will be speaking with a U.S. professional who I truly admire their career search journey. Most importantly, they are compassionate leaders who want to help younger generation become professionally successful. Our guest mentor today is Yoshi Umehara. Yoshi is a former U.S. tax consultant at one of the big four public accounting firms. In addition to supporting public and non-public businesses for the past 13 and a half years, his experience includes professional live tax seminars, marketing, and recruiting bilingual professionals. At home, he enjoys setting up a turntable for his daughter to play records and making a cup of coffee for his wife. He is currently an entrepreneur starting his own business that focuses on personal development and soft skills enhancement. Good morning, Yoshi. So nice to have you with me on Saturday morning like this. Hey, Kwan, how's it going? Happy to be here. Going well. Yes, uh, it's good, such an good. honor to have you as our guest mentor today. So let us take a trip down memory lane a little bit, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. Let the audience know about how we met. So we met at the Ascend National Convention three years ago in Houston. And just in case a few of us might not know what Ascend is all about, I just want to share that Ascend is the largest nonprofit pan-Asian organization for professionals in North America. And I have been collaborating with Ascend as a speaker and resume coach for the past three years. And come back to that three years ago at that time, you attended the convention on behalf of Deloitte. And what I'm really impressed about you is your personality because you are so authentic and you're so genuine. And I remember that there was a time that you asked a question to the speaker in a big convention hall with almost, you know, 1,000 people watching. And I was like... <laughs> Oh my God, he is so brave. I wish that I could do something like that. And (laughs) behind the scene, you share with me that you wanted to do this to overcome your fears. So I do give you lots of respect for that. And when you accepted my invitation to join this podcast as a mentor, as our guest mentor, I believe this is the topic that we should talk about overcoming your fears, and stepping outside your comfort zone. Before we start, can you please share a little bit about your background? Yes, Kwan, thank you. Um, Thank you for the intro, and I'm really happy to be um, part of this podcast. Um, Before, you know, this this podcast that we're doing, I checked all of your videos uploaded to YouTube. I listened to all the podcasts that you've recorded with some of the prior guests, and I think what you created, um, not only your platform, but the community that you're creating is very special. 
I kind of wish I had something like this. I knew something like this when I was looking for a job in the US. So I think what you got is quite amazing. And again, I'm very happy to be here. So yeah, let me、um, start、so、sharing、much. my background first. Of course. Yeah. So、um, about myself, I've been living in the US for about 30 years now. When I was a kid, our family moved back and forth between US and Japan due to my father's work. When I think about it, it's kind of funny because although one of my earliest memories took place in the US, whether it's me dressing up as one of the Ninja Turtles for Halloween day or chaining my bicycle <laughs> to my elementary school's fence, the fact、That's、that、mm-hmm. it, <laughs> it's one of my very fond memories. Um, the fact that I was born in Japan and being told this by my parents that I'm from, originally from Japan,、mm-hmm. it has some weight and meaning to me, a connection.、Um, I haven't really lived in Japan for quite some time, but it is my identity. When you mention that word identity, that is a very powerful word.、Uh, and I'm sure that is something that many people that are listening to us right now will relate to because we. Most of our audience, they,、uh, we are all internationals, right? Even when we move to a new country and try to adjust to this new culture and learn all this new language all over again, right?、Yeah. Uh, but identity is something that we cannot get rid of. It's our basic values and it, it dictates the choices that we make. And our identity really consists of things that help us stand out. Among the crowd. So, yep, yeah, I'm sure that, you know, this topic about stepping outside your comfort zone and self identity are truly related. And we're going to have great productive conversation on that yeah, in, the few,、yes. in the next few minutes for sure.、Uh, let us continue with your story. Can you tell us more about your transition from Japan to the US? Yeah, of course.、Um, so, I did spend a few years in Japan,、um, and then I returned to the US in my teenage year and attended、um, middle school through college in New York as an international student. So, topics like F1 visa, I 90, OPT, all these things I've been、mm-hmm. through, and I went through them. Been there and done the, that, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, anyone、uh, going through that right now,、um, I can very understand、um, you know, how overwhelming it may feel like, and there's a lot of things to do, but、um, I was able to do it, and I'm sure you can too. And I was able to go through that because I,、um, I had a very good international student service office in my university. And I also、um, talked a lot with my international student friends as well. Through that process, we used Career Service Center, prepared a resume, and attended interviews on our own. For me, it was very important to share these experiences as we went by because although individually we all each had a different scenario, in a bigger picture, we were all on the same boat. And what I mean by that is that we were all trying to land a job in the US, which Was a challenge that we had to tackle for the first time.、Um, about the sc- a little bit about the school I attended. SUNY Geneseo is where I studied. 
It's about four hours west of SUNY Albany, for those who may know where Albany is exactly. Mm -hmm. And um, about an hour and a half south of the Niagara Falls. SUNY Geneseo have this wonderful campus there. I fell in love with the gigantic sky uh, that I saw when I went for the school visit. Um, they have amazing, beautiful sunset view from a gazebo, and I just had a wonderful time there. After attending that school for four years, um, I got my bachelor's degree in accounting. Then I moved to Chicago, Illinois to start a job at Deloitte at, as a tax consultant. And wow. while I was working, I also studied as well and got a master's degree in tax. Wow, I really respect your hard work. Working for Deloitte is, is not, you know, it's not easy. It's very demanding. And at the same time, you got your degre degree at the same time working full-time at Deloitte. Yes? Yeah, that's right. Um, wow. I had to do a little bit of adjustment in terms mm -hmm. of how I worked while I studied. It needed some tweaking, but yeah, it was one-year course, and I'm glad I did that. I was able to get a master's degree. That's, that's amazing. And come back to Deloitte, it is one of the prestigious consulting firms in the world. And this is a dream company that many international students want to get into. And me, myself, I got great experience working at Deloitte as well in the human capital consulting field. And But it's quite funny. What do you think? Like, we never met when I worked at Deloitte. Mm -hmm. And even though we from the same office, Chicago office, but the company is really is a big size company. It's huge. And yeah, it's huge, I think right? um, there are mainly four different functions. And in mm -hmm. Chicago, I believe in total, the Deloitte employees are about 3,000. Mm. And not all 3,000 employees work in the office, right? Like me and my team, we were mostly in the office, but I bet you as a consultant, right. um, you guys were traveling Travel often. Four days a week, right? Yeah. Monday through <laughs> Thursday. <laughs> How was that lifestyle? <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, well, that's, I mean, that's maybe one of the reasons that I left Deloitte. <laughs> because it doesn't work with the family for sure. Mm, and mm. Um, yeah, but it is such a great experience. And well, I am glad that we finally met at a national convention. That's right. Because Deloitte sent you there. And when talking about big four consulting firms like Deloitte, I think many international students would love to learn more about it. Can you please share with us more about your experience working at Deloitte? Yeah, I'd be happy to, especially I've been there for quite a long time. Let's see. At Deloitte, for how many years? Um, 13 and a half years. My God. Okay. That is a long time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a saying that, you know, when you're in a room, then you act as Romans do. And I felt like, well, I, I was able to land a job at Deloitte. I should really do my best and see what I can get out from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was there for 13 years because of that. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. So can yep. you tell yep. us more about your time there? Okay. So at Deloitte, I worked on various clients. Some of them were publicly traded companies. Um, the others were non-public. Japanese businesses, considering my cultural background, it was natural for me to lead that part of the group. And I also had one of the world's largest equity funds as our client. 
After working at Deloitte for a while with my team members in both U.S. and also outside of the U.S., I was lucky that I got a support from my firm that I got H-1B visa as well as green card. Mm-hmm. I really put my heart into work and was able to meet and collaborate with so many smart professionals over there as a tax manager. Now, after 13 plus years, I decided that、uh, it was time for me to move on. So I recently left Deloitte and now working on starting my own business. My business, it focuses on personal development and soft skills. Such as delegation and time management. Wow. Congratulations. Congratulations on having your own business and also welcome to the X Deloitte Club. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Now we have something and one additional thing in common now. <laughs> right, right. We do. We do. This is amazing. And, you know, Yoshi, I love the name of your business. It is written as YEA. Y-U-B-O-X, and it's pronounced as, let me try, Y-U-B-O-X, right? Yeah, yep. Y-U-B-O-X.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you tell us more? How did you come up with such a cool name? <laughs> and well,、um, you're the about first. more about your business as well. We'd love to learn more. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for the、um, opportunity for me to even advertise my business here. <laughs> and, of course.、Uh, you're, the of first, course. Uh, you're the first person who told me I have, I have a pretty cool business name for. Thank you for that.、Um, so, about the name of the business, I have a, I'm going to go a little bit tangent here, but I have a favorite Japanese rock band named The Pillows. They just had their 30th anniversary last year, so they've been around for、uh, quite some time. The type of music they create,、um, they are alternative rock band. And I remember that they, the Pillows, chose their band name by looking at the Pillows and Prayers record that was、um, issued by the Cherry Red label. They chose the phrase Pillows, which is a very neutral object because they wanted to create music of various genres, like the Beatles. And really, without limiting themselves by the tone or image from their band name. So,、mm-hmm. having that in mind, I, I also wanted my business name to be something neutral and not going to limit the types of service that we can offer. So,、uh, in addition to that, I also wanted the business name to have some kind of a positive feeling for my future customers that will find our business useful. So that's where Yay You came from. Like, Yay You, you know, you're doing、yeah. awesome. Good choice. You're doing a good job. See, so, so that's、cool. the Yay You part. <laughs> And、so cool. um, the later one, the box,、um, I wanted, I was looking for some plosive sound.、Uh, that's how the name Yay You box was created.、Mm-hmm. And can you tell us more, like, what do you do here? What kind of problems you need to solve? Yeah, sure.、Um, so, right now, the business is again focusing on enhancing your soft skills and then develop your professionalism. And these are things, you know, there are few things when you work for a company for a long time, you get to learn more about、uh, who you are and then what your working styles are. And then, as you work with a lot of other professionals, you'll find that all of them. 
don't have to have the same、uh, way of thinking or way of working, just like you. If you find a superstar in your company and you don't have to copy how they're working, but definitely there are things that you can pick and then、uh, add to your current skill set.、Um, because of that, currently、uh, my website of the business,、uh, we are writing blogs that are focusing on the topic of delegation and multitasking, which are two terms that we quite often hear. When you are working at a fast-paced environment, that is really awesome. Yes, we we you. I would say all of us here need your help. You know, this is something that、uh, I think you're gonna talk a little bit about those imposter syndrome and all that later on, right? But、mm-hmm. like, I I feel this is so relevant to the problem that we are facing each day. When I first came up with that idea, my target audience that I had in mind were really professionals for people who've worked at a you know working environment for maybe a year or two or five.、Mm-hmm. But、uh, now I'm thinking that it doesn't have to be professionals too in a corporate setting. It can be anyone who is running their own business or even students too. I, I just realized that.、Right. So maybe I'll start to. You know, we will start to change a little bit of the the type of tone that we use of、mm-hmm. um, blogs and eventually online courses too.、Yes. But、um, if someone、um, feel like, hey, you know, maybe there's a better way、uh, to enhance the way I work,、mm-hmm. the way I process, especially、mm-hmm. we're all busy, then you know,、uh, it will make me happy too if any of our content can assist those of you.、Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when when it comes to course creation, let us talk more about that, Yoshi. Because、uh, I told you a little bit about the LMS that I'm using, right? Think of things. And yes,、uh, I'd be happy to walk you through those process and、uh, share my experience creating the course. Yeah. Yeah, that would be, be amazing. Thank、that. you. Yes, you're like you're like my teacher for this area. So yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> you're my teacher in the more like technology area in. Photography and you know video photography, producing,、yeah. yes, yes. And、definitely. this is good, right? You know, I have something to offer. You have something that you can, you know, help、Absolutely. me out. So this is this is very good relationship. Yes, <laughs> it is. It certainly is. It certainly is. Well, let us come back to our topic here. Stepping、mm-hmm. outside our comfort zone. What are some of your memorable events or moments about stepping outside? Of your comfort zone, can you share with us? Okay, before I share, I guess my memorable moments.、Um, I'll get back to that. I think I would first like to share my view on the phrase itself, the phrase of stepping outside of comfort zone,、mm-hmm. because in a professional setting, when someone tells you you got step outside of your comfort zone, then from my in my experience, that person either a It had a project or a vacancy to fill up, or B, that person really cares about you. If it's the former case, likely the project or the empty seat can really be filled up by anyone, and you just happen to be chosen. And likely they don't really care if you are qualified for it, or if it's going to be good for you, if it's going to be beneficial for you. Now, if it's the latter case, then. I think they do really care about your future and genuinely believe that there are opportunities out there that you should consider. So that that's my view on that phrase. But anyway, 
<clears throat> more about stepping outside of the comfort zone. I think it's also important for me to talk about what may not be stepping outside of the comfort zone.、Mm-hmm. I think that we're not really stepping outside of our comfort zone if, if all there is, is is just us feeling uncomfortable and nothing else. The action or environment that merely creates discomfort should not be the act of stepping outside of your comfort zone. So let's say the plan was for your boss to attend and lead the conversation at a client meeting, right? That's what you guys talked about and agreed. But at the very last minute, if your boss gave you a call and there was a change of plan, and suddenly you're in a position that you have to meet this client on your own and have to wink the conversation in the meeting, then we, we can't cross that out. That's not really stepping outside of your comfort zone. It's going to be quite horrible, and you're not going to really get anything out of it. And I don't think those are the cases that we're talking here. I think what we're talking here is mainly about situations that we put ourselves into a、mm-hmm. conscious decision that we make to take certain、mm-hmm. actions, even, even if they make us cringe or leave us a feeling of butterflies in our stomach.、Mm-hmm. We may even start sweating or get nervous that we have to take a deep breath to calm ourselves. But in all those things, I think those are what we're talking about. Uncomfortable actions that we take、mm-hmm. as steps that are necessarily for us to acquire new skills or broaden our perspectives and hopefully open new doors of opportunities. You know, those actions will be a good story for you. And、um, it'll give you confidence. And somewhere in our hearts, when we are taking those actions purposefully,、um, I believe that you can even find excitement in them as well.、Mm-hmm. I so, really love it when、thoughts. you mention that it's the conscious choice that you、mm-hmm. make, right? Right. The term stepping outside of the comfort zone by default, you're doing something that is going to make you uncomfortable. And no one w a n t to do anything uncomfortable if you don't have to, if there's nothing、right. that you can learn from. So it got to、okay. be a conscious decision that you have to make. Probably you have to have energy and focus to do that. You can't just like、right. live every day without really. You can avoid it or you can just confront it and. Exactly. Right. Again,、yeah. overcome your fears. And do yeah, it. I think you did it well.、Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you, Kwan. <laughs> Actually, your examples and all these you know, differences that you share is so clear. Thank you for sharing this with us. I'm glad. So, now getting back to what we were just talking about, my memorable experience. So, I would like to share that. It coincidentally took place in 2017 at Ascend National Convention in Houston, which is、oh. you know, what you talked about earlier, right? That's where we met、nice. for the first time.、Uh-huh. Right? Um, you may remember, Kwan, weaved into that convention's daily agenda among、mm-hmm. keynote speakers and Ascend talks, there are also what's called breakout sessions. Right. Breakout sessions are events where we pick and choose our own topics that we are interested in. And have deep dive conversations with the other attendees sharing a round table.、Mm-hmm. Uh, at that table, there will also be professionals at partners or officers level、um, as a moderator to stir the conversations. 
Now, I remember that、um, the moment I walked into the room with the other attendees, I knew I had to make a decision. In front of me was a round table.、Mm-hmm. So the question was where do I sit? Where do I position myself?、Mm-hmm. It seems like a simple question, but I really had to think quick.、Um, you know, knowing myself, being an introvert, My natural choice would have been to sit away from the partners or officers. You know, that、mm-hmm. will come naturally to me. I mean, like sitting really away from them because,、mm-hmm. you know, at that time I was, a, I was a tax manager and they're the influential leaders of their groups. So,、mm-hmm. what could I possibly offer my experience, my stories to、mm-hmm. sit side by side with the leaders and You know, how do I even carry interesting conversations? So, thinking of those, they made my body get tensed.、Mm-hmm. On top of that, I was worried as well. You know, how would others, other attendees view me? Would they, you know, if I sit next to a powerful figure at this round table, would they look at me as someone who's always doing that? So, I want to look important too. Or, Would I be viewed as someone, some weakling that, you know, I don't have the confidence to sit anywhere, but I feel like I have to sit next to an influential figure. s So I feel more important as well. So, you know, I was projecting all these kinds of negative images with bad outcomes. So I kind of was nervous. But at that moment, I also, you know, there was a scene that I recalled from a book I read a couple of years ago. The book is called Lean In.、Um, Kwan, have you heard of this book? Maybe yes, you have? Yes, I have. I have. Yeah, yeah.、Um, it's, it's a wonderful book、um, for those of you who haven't read or listened to the story.、Um, the book is written by Sheryl Sandberg, who is、mm-hmm. the COO of Facebook,、mm-hmm. and、um, also by Nell Scoville,、uh, who is a TV writer. So, From that book, the scene that came to my mind、um, was a section where they talked about these ladies at a meeting. And these ladies decided not to sit at the table with the senior execs from Silicon Valley, even though that sen- those senior execs were their own boss. And instead of sitting at the table, they voluntarily sat on chairs off to the side of the room. And I felt just like that. I was Underestimating the value of my presence.、Uh, in the book, Shara called it,、um, I believe, imposter syndrome. And, you know, I was doing that automatically, voluntarily. You know, when, I, when you think about it, no one asked me to feel small, but I was just doing that because I didn't want to make a scene and I wanted to feel comfortable and safe.、Mm-hmm. So, you know, those were things that were in my mind at that moment. And, you know, I could have taken the easy pass and just sit far away from the,、um, the partners and the officers at the table. But Ascend National Convention is a safe environment. Also, I was nominated by Deloitte and was sent there because they acknowledge my skill and potential. So, during those three to four days at the convention, I really wanted to make the best of it and I wanted to absorb as much opportunities to learn and grow as I could. So that's what I did. I grabbed a seat next to a partner who happened to be 
a partner from other big four public accounting firms, and I just I just sat there. I even said hi to her. You know, maybe I was able to shine a little bit of smile as natural as I could make, and we just sat down and chit chatted a little. And after that,、um, the breakout session started, and we just went on with it. I remember that in the beginning, I was still nervous sitting next to a partner、um, who I just met for the first time. But as time went on, I noticed that my heartbeat, thankfully,、um, they normalized. I was able to breathe much naturally. I was able to enjoy the discussion with the group. And I might have even done some discussion moderation of myself too.、Um, I saw few attendees. You know, they did. They weren't really giving the spotlight or the time to share their thoughts with the group. So I did a little bit of that.、Mm-hmm. You know, thankfully, none of the bad outcomes I imagined earlier ever happened. At least、yeah. I couldn't really tell by looking at the other、um, attendees' expression. But I think. You know, those fears were just all in my head. No one seemed to care about where I sat, right? It's just sitting. Who cares? And yet,、um, I was about to underrepresent myself,、um, put a limit on how I could enjoy and contribute to the discussion if I sat far away, wherever. But I didn't do that, right? I I intentionally、mm-hmm. took the action and sat next to the partner, and that act. Really reinforced me what I already knew before, but I needed a reminder, which is, it's okay. It's okay to sit next to a powerful figure.、Mm-hmm. I can really allow myself to do so. And because I was able to rediscover that skill in at that breakout session,、um, I was able to apply that for the next event, which was a. Buffet networking session with a lot of other attendees、mm-hmm. um, at the event. I even talked with some of the panel discussion speakers at the event too. You know, there are so many people at the at the networking event, varying their experience levels very widely. And I remember I really had a good time. I was able to enjoy the conversation and that networking event. That's so, so beautiful. Yeah, as, as you can see, right. Um, stepping outside of my comfort zone,、mm-hmm. that they definitely give me a confidence and a tool to use in the future. That is so powerful, Yoshi. Thank you for sharing this inspiring. And so you know,、um, this is very personal story and beautiful story. Thank you. Yeah,、uh, <laughs> I had to dig a little bit in my memory, but thankfully I did that, and I was able to share that with you here、yeah. today. How about you, Kwan?、Um, do you have any of these stories that you may want to share with us? Well,、um, I would say,、um, let me describe a little bit of my background. But before that, I I want to come back to how you describe the definition of stepping outside the comfort zone.、Mm-hmm. You you put it out so well. Right, and I really liked the description about the feeling of an event that leaves us the feeling of butterflies in our stomach and getting <laughs>、yeah. nervous from taking steps, you know, to help us improve and open new doors of opportunities. That is so right. And I also want to add a little bit that I completely, 
understand how challenging it is for many of us who are listening to our con- conversation right now when they need to step outside of their comfort zone. For example, many international students. The idea of studying networking with American professionals that they have never met before uh, must make them feel very nervous, like to be on the first call, right? To write them, to write those American professionals a message on LinkedIn and never hear back. Those kind yeah. of fears, those kind of, you know, challenging moments happen all the time when we want to step outside our comfort zone. And I know that it's challenging. And Yoshi, I really love your journey in the U.S. Started as an international student and then a professional working in a big four company for 13 years and now as an entrepreneur. These transitions and adjustments, you know, they you have embraced them so well by stepping outside of your comfort zone in so many levels. So I am so grateful that you are here with me, sitting with me on in the morning on Sunday like this and share this personal journey with us today. And let me, before I share my own story, let me share this quote from John Maxwell that I really like. He said that if we are growing, we are always going to be out of our comfort zone. And I believe that for all of us who still want to grow our career and fulfill our dreams in this big country in the U.S., we need to move our foot and step outside that line of our comfort zone. I strongly believe in that. Let me share a little bit of my story here. Earlier, when you mentioned about self-identity, and this is my identity, I believe that my culture, my family have shaped who I am today, and I'm happy to share how my life has been shaped by my upbringing. It has influenced my character. I grew up in Thailand, right? Far, far away from the U.S. I grew up in Thailand, and I was raised by a single mom, Andes and my grandma, a family of traditional Thai women. And I am the only child and the eldest grandchild in the family. We are a close-knit family, which is a blessing. But as a family of traditional Thai women, being polite, like speaking softly, right, and very humble and being obedient is an expected behavior, for the only daughter and the only granddaughter like myself. I see all of these shape my character to be more quiet and introverted. And I remember my school teacher when I was very young. She put on a note in her report that Quan is a very shy kid. I remember that clearly and i always get that kind of report yeah really Quan is a very shy kid right? <laughs> yes yes i am i was and now. i am well uh, thank you so much for that it, it means a lot coming from you but let let me walk through my, how i overcome all those fears this is so funny and actually that's what i have been you know a very shy kid the only child raised by females raised by thai culture and who is very shy and quiet. That's who I am. And if you're familiar with the Hofstede cultural dimension theory, 
for Thai culture, we have a very high power distance. And your example is a perfect example, Yoshi. Like the situation that you didn't want to sit next to the influential leader of your group, right? High-ranking professionals. Thai in Thai culture, we taught our children that that is the right thing to do. <laughs> It's the way to give respect to others. So when I moved to the U.S., I cannot continue doing the all those things that I have been doing for the past 30 something years. Now you know my age, <laughs> right? Sounds like um, <laughs> so I've been here for six, seven years now. Um, so now you know you can calculate a little bit <laughs> where I'm closing <laughs> to. Um, right. So when I moved here to the U.S., I needed to shift my mindset. And change my behavior almost completely, almost completely. So from speaking softly, I needed to speak much louder than I used to do back home. And from keeping my distance from successful professionals, you know, I needed to overcome fears of getting rejection and enjoy the process of building a relationship with each individual at all levels. Which is not really easy to do. I mean, it's at all. It's not easy. It's not easy, right? Yeah, everything that American family teaches their kids to become in the traditional Thai way, the cultural value is on an opposite direction, completely different. To be able to blend into this new culture was completely outside my comfort zone, but I had to do it because I wanted to become. Professionally successful here in this new country, I have my goal, right? And especially today, I'm not just the employee anymore, as I am a leader of my company with this introverted personality, right? There is no place for me to stay behind the scene anymore. I needed to force myself to be in the front row every day, and I need to like pitch my business with confidence and build my followers, which is completely opposite to, uh, you know how my culture and my family have shaped me to be. Yeah, yeah which so is something someone... I really admire you doing. That it's it's something you know. <laughs> so... Now I'm having a first hand. First-hand experience running a business, right, or starting a business, and you have been running the business for a while, and you know those skills—they don't—they don't come naturally, right? You you know that you are mm -hmm. lacking, and then you have mm -hmm. to take actions and practice and actually get that. So, right. you know, for right. that, I, I admire you that you're doing that every day. It means a lot coming from you, Yoshi, and it's like planting the seed of success, right? It takes time to gradually build. Uh, every single thing, and yes, I like. I'm more than be happy to share whatever I can do to help for sure. Yes, and like today, if we look back to that, you know, time when I was very young at school, and my teacher called me Quan, like I got labeled as someone who's very shy, <laughs> a very shy mm. kid. So now today, I'm totally. I am a totally different person, and now I can share that I really enjoy being this zone where I am right now, and it was the zone that I was wasn't comfortable at all being mm -hmm. in here at all before in the past. Do you feel so, like you are a different person now, or you are a a better I'm version of yourself? 
Oh, I love that. I love how you describe it. A better version of myself. Mm. I'm still Quan. I'm still a chai kid. Like I still have choices to make every day, right? To go out there or to be in the back row. Yeah, you gotta be brave to do that. I'm still. I I, I still need that braveness. You <laughs> are so brave. I can learn something from you. <laughs> you you work in the big four. You now in your own entrepreneurial journey. You're so brave. Yeah. So so different from what I kind of had in mind. I don't know what I had in mind, but it's definitely different from what I had in mind. <laughs> it's gonna be great as long as it comes from your passion. It's something that you want to wake up and do it every day. It's mm-hmm. gonna be fantastic. Yeah, and this this is the era of you know entrepreneur, right? There are so many tools. There are lots of digital platforms that we can promote our business out there. I bet the barrier of entering these. Um... Entrepreneurship must be much lower now compared to like a decade or two ago. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I don't think I saw that many entrepreneurs when I was growing up in Japan. Yeah, same here, right? I yeah. have I have the same experience as well, and I'd be happy to share more. Like because I I got a chance to network a lot with other entrepreneurs and you know lots of mentoring groups. Out there for entrepreneurs, I can share a few more groups that you can socialize with. First of all, being an entrepreneur, you you ha- need to really have a strong networking groups for mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you cannot really succeed on your own. You need to form an alliance. Yeah, I think yeah. that's exactly what you told me about a year and a half ago when we uh, we grouped mm-hmm. at a at a local cafe. I think I remember you telling me that you also have to have a good you know good. Uh, Network, and right. a safety net. It and is. I, I'm, it, I'm feeling that right now. <laughs> yeah, is is even more than a safety net. It's like you know the engine to help you to follow your success to mm. to get to the point that you want to be. And it's like actually, it took me two years, Yoshi, and I'm still adapting. Like coming up with a business model, you know, something that you plan that it should work and it didn't work. It's not like you have to give up. You can always adjust your plan. Mm-hmm. That's always mm-hmm. room to for adjustment in the business journey. I mean, that sounds pretty hard. Like you have to believe in yourself, but you have to also be as flexible simultaneously. Flexible. That when something is not working, then right. you make a decision and make a you know ninety degrees right. turn. Right. You always need to have Plan B. Mm. Mm. Yep. Yep. And be flexible enough with that for sure. Yep. But it's going to be a fun journey. It's going to be a good long ride. Yeah, I want to make it so for sure. <laughs> yes, you will. You will. So Yoshi, maybe at this time, can you walk through the journey again about this recent experience of you stepping outside your comfort zone? Can you share us more about that? I have a Quan. I have a very good example for that. A major. Um, Milestone, if you will, that recently happened. I have a very good example for that—a major um, milestone, if you will, that recently happened to me. So, yeah, let me let me share that. If I put a spotlight on a you know very relatively recent story, um, that will be me leaving my job at Deloitte. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, definitely I had to flex my stepping outside of the comfort zone muscle for sure. It was 
in January of this year that I left the firm. And、yeah. as we talked about before, I've been there for a very long time, 13 and a half years. I contributed a lot of my time and energy to Deloitte, which I'm very happy and proud about. They supported me to get green card, which I'm very appreciative of.、Um, I learned a lot. I presented tax seminars in front of many different companies. I recruited bilingual candidates to build and strengthen my teams. You know, I, I did all of those, but it was the time has come for me to move on.、Mm-hmm. It was my first job straight out of college, so the experience of leaving a company wasn't under my belt at all. And as you can imagine, I was quite nervous. And I was nervous because I didn't have an image of the overall process. I mean, like, who, who do I talk to? When do I let my clients know? And what do I need to prepare so the team I'm leaving that I really care about would have easier time to transition? I also cringed thinking about the awkwardness that I will create when I tell my boss that I'm leaving. At the same time, part of me knew that even though I knew that my bosses have seen and dealt with dozens of similar cases, right? People leaving the firm, it's, it must be same old, same old, and they're used to it. It's part of the business. But, and I was thinking, this is me we're talking about here. They've never heard me leaving the firm. So it's gonna be the first time for all of us.、Mm-hmm. I decided to start by talking to a particular boss first instead of informing all of my bosses at the same time. In a way, I, I wanted to see the, how the conversation would go and hopefully learn something out of it, like a testing case, if you will, so I can apply whatever I would learn from that first meeting and then apply that to the other bosses later on. I was hoping that if I do that, the future conversation is going to be maybe, maybe a bit more polished and you know, really hoping that it's going to be less awkward. The first boss I decided to talk to was a person I was most loyal to, the person I looked up the most. And I chose him because I, I wanted the conversation to be real and raw. I positioned him mentally as my mentor at the firm. And, you know, it's not like we ever had any official conversation, right? Like, it's not like I asked him, hey, would you please be my mentor? And he didn't tell me, oh, yes, I'll be happy to be your mentor. Like, we didn't have any of those discussions. But still, in my mind, he was my mentor.、Um, you know, before joining this podcast, right, I listened to your older podcast and dialogue with the other guests. There, there's one episode that's、uh, relevant, which is the dialogue you had with Robina at Ascent.、Mm-hmm. And the topic was finding mentors.、Mm-hmm. Really, un- until I listened to that episode, I-, I never really thought that, you know, any difference of the meaning between, you know, having someone as your coach versus a mentor. At Deloitte, there is an official program. To have a coach from the partners and directors level. So、mm-hmm. I just thought that mentors are the unofficial version of coaches.、Mm-hmm. Then 
in the podcast that you had with Rubina, she mentioned that coaching is a one-way street, whereas mentoring is two-way streets, like give and take, and we influence each other in a positive way. So after hearing that podcast episode, which was after I already left the firm, um, I, I hope, I, I really hope that the very first boss I talked to, the person I was and still am very loyal to, viewed our professional relationship that way, that, you know, he was my mentor. And while he took me under his wing and helping me out, in some way, like in any way, if I was able to influence his day and career in a positive, meaningful way, I, I hope that was the kind of relationship that we had. So um, going back to um, <clears throat> when I was um, thinking about leaving Deloitte, the timing just, just naturally presented itself, and I told him that I was leaving. I remember the first thing he said to me was, you got to be kidding me. You know, that, that was <laughs> the first thing. Mm-hmm. that came out from his mouth. Mm-hmm. So we had a relatively short conversation. As you can imagine, I got emotional. Um, to my surprise, he got somewhat emotional as well. And wow. after that short conversation, that was that. I walked out from his office mm-hmm. with the experience of informing in person that I'm leaving a company. Mm-hmm. I, I had the experience now under my belt. Mm-hmm. And after that, I, I talked with the rest of my bosses, my teams, my clients, over many, many, many meetings and calls. Mm-hmm. Some conversations went the way I exactly anticipated. Some, some went the extra mile, which I was touched. Mm-hmm. Some didn't make the turn I expected, but instead gave me a homework. Can, can you imagine? <laughs> what kind of homework? <laughs> it was like, well, I understand where you're coming from and I can do this, but can you promise to do that? And I go, wow, I, I um, couldn't even imagine that someone can, can, can turn that kind of conversation to that angle. Um, okay. you know, obviously, I didn't do that homework. I didn't care. <laughs> I didn't see why I had to do that. But that was a little bit of a surprise for me. But, you know, it's all, uh-huh. it's all good experience. And <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, all in all, it took me about three months of transition period to tie all the loose ends and be ready. Mm-hmm. So by the end of January of 2020, I left the firm. And now I have the skill and experience of, you know, quote, leaving a company. There are definitely uncomfortable moments, but now I know it's okay, and I can do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And again, Yoshi, this is such a beautiful and personal story. Um, 13 years, 13 years is like you live a very long-term relationship. Right. Yeah, I didn't really plan <laughs> that I want to be there for 13 than, years, right? It just happened yeah. to be that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's more than just a job. It's a relationship that you have built with the firm, with your team and your clients. Yeah, you got that right. It was definitely more than a job for me, at least. Yes, and I love it when you share about, you know, you, have a, you had a mentor at the firm, your boss as your mentor. It is so amazing, and that keeps you 
uh, successful in your position for the past 13 years because you you know to build your mentorship, I would say, right? Your relationship with your boss is more than just uh, a job, but he really took you under his wing. Mm-hmm. He definitely did. And, and that I, I'm forever, you know, thankful for him. So amazing. So amazing. And now you will find your new mentors for entrepreneurial journey, for sure. Yeah, I gotta meet more people. And <laughs> yes, <laughs> I mean, what do you think? Once should I ask someone like, "Hey, can you be my mentor?" Is that it from your naturally experience? Happen. Is that normal? Yeah, it will naturally happen, right? Like, um, getting to the network of this, you know, entrepreneurial coaching and uh, those kind of formal network. And then mm. you will find someone that really believe in your competence and just say, like, okay, I'd be happy to be your advisory board members. Yeah. And that happened to me. Like, I did not even have back, uh, let's, let's look back like two years ago when I started to build my advisory board members. I did not really ask anyone. It started with Professor Paul Perberger from NIU. And he just believed in my competence. He believed in my mission. He just said, have me as your advisory board members. Yeah. And I was like, how did that oh, make you feel? What? I, oh my God, my heart is like, you know, blue, uh, what do you call bloom with joy? I don't know if I describe it right or not. Mm. Um, and I, I was so, I, I felt so grateful. Right. And I asked like, what do I have to, you know, provide to you, you know, as your advisory board members. <laughs> Give and take, right? Two-way streets. <laughs> right? Um, uh, let me know. Uh, like, I never I never engage anyone as my advisory board members before. So I would love to uh, get your guidance on that, right? And he said, you know, if uh, you can buy us lunch sometimes, <laughs> that's it. Be happy to, yeah. <laughs> right? That's all you need. It's amazing. It's amazing. So... Yeah, so now now I have seven advisory mm. board members, a leader. They are leaders from different field, and they are volunteers, hundred percent volunteers. Wow! Yes. I mean, yeah. they must have felt and they must have felt something unique and special, right? When they I met you and talked so with grateful. you, what you can I, what you what you can offer to the international student community. Yes. Um, Yes, I, I feel so so grateful to receive that trust, right, in my capability, in my mission, for sure. And at the same time, I always seek out rooms to uh, support them with their mission as well. So I would say it's really a give and take relationship between mentors and mentees. So anyway, thank you for sharing your beautiful story. And I think, you know, for what you have been doing, Yoshi. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with ICOA motto on our logo. Can you tell me again? Think big and live your dream. Mm-hmm. For me, that is the idea of stepping outside your comfort zone. So having, you know, being here like you and me as an international coming to this big country, America, get into the top consulting firm like Deloitte. And now as an entrepreneur, again, in this big country, America, right? Mm, yeah. We think big. 
and we want to live our dream. Hundred、yeah. percent. Right, and take action. Step outside our comfort zone. So, before we、uh, finish our podcast, is there any call to action you would like to leave for international students who are listening to us right now? Yeah,、uh, definitely. And I think you know this this portion of the podcast is especially important for the listeners, Quan, because right, like I have few podcasts I listen to or TED Talk or or whatever, and you know th- there are a couple stories and episodes that. Even if I'm enjoying listening to it, right? I'm really into it. It's relevant to me. Sometimes they just, you know, stop and they, that's it. And I go like, okay,、um, that was a great story, but you know, you guys didn't tell me what we can do. Like, what can we try? Any tips, right?、Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like, how, how do we apply, you know, all these wonderful things I listen to to my own life? So I think this section is very important. So, the skill to be. Able to take an action when facing a, a possibly warding, rewarding, and yet、mm-hmm. discom- discomforting situation, it gotta be useful, not only for the professionals but also students too.、Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think there are a couple of things that I can mention. First,、um, know the benefit of stepping outside of your comfort zone. That will make you stronger, and. You'll be able to have your own stories that you can share.、Mm-hmm. Second,、um, know that you are entitled to step outside of the comfort zone. You know you're gonna be okay. You'll survive, and most importantly, you already have what it takes to do it. You can do that.、Mm-hmm. Third point,、um, you know, I think it's helpful.、Um, If you can know the moment that you are facing the chance to step outside of the comfort zone, and what I what I mean by that is, let's say you know, if someone asks you to start a conversation with a total stranger next to you,、mm-hmm. kind of hard to do、uh, when we are in this quarantine time. But right, if if someone asks you to do that, h- how do you feel?、Mm-hmm. Do you cringe? Do you do you think like? Oh, I, I have、mm-hmm. to do that. That will make me nervous. You know, make make a make a mental note of that feeling and get familiar with how your body tends to react, because you know those are your signs and those are your indications that if you feel them in the future, that you know that you are facing an opportunity to grow.、Mm-hmm. And lastly,、um, I think it is. Important to understand that we have to we have to practice these things.、Uh, there's a guy named Julian Smith who is a New York Times bestseller author, and he wrote a book titled The Flinch. It's about ten、mm-hmm. years ago he did that, and it's a free ebook that I think you can still find it if you can Google it.、Uh, in his book The Flinch, the concept of flinching I believe is similar to Stepping outside of comfort zone, we we draw back and we don't take action that matter because they can be either difficult or unpleasant, maybe even dangerous. But in the modern era, those sense of danger and oftentimes just in our head, amplified, kind of similar to my earlier example, how I felt nervous of sitting next to a 
uh, another partner from Big Four accounting firm that I didn't know, right? That was all in my head. You take actions and, and you realize that you can come out of them just fine. So in order to expand, expand your circle of comfort, if you will, you should really start tackling small challenges, small flinches uh, mm -hmm. at a safe environment. Mm -hmm. um, there's also another guy named Darius Britt. Uh, he is a filmmaker. And he say that in order to make films, especially when you're beginning, break your tasks up into smaller and manageable chunks. And I think those mm -hmm. two messages go hand in hand. These all make sense. If you want to host a Thanksgiving party someday, you don't just plan to master all the cooking in one mm -hmm. event, right? Like mm -hmm. you have to get some drinks, you have to get used to making mashed potatoes and gradually increase the number of dishes you can prepare mm -hmm. until you feel comfortable baking turkey and invite all your friends and have a good time, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing with business soft skills. Same thing with cracking interviews. It needs mm -hmm. time and it needs practice. So you need to take actions and practice getting outside of your comfort zone. Once you get familiar with it, it's a skill that you have up your sleeve and you can apply it anytime. Mm -hmm. So those are the points that I think it's important for the listeners to keep in mind. But these are right what to keep in mind. So I also want to share a few things that we can really take action. Um, let's say you can you know, think about a moment that you already have stepped outside of your comfort zone and gained something out of it. Think about it, identify that moment, and turn that into a story using your own words. You know, be able to tell that story out loud because I think you know, that will... Um, practice you uh, mm -hmm. to be able to convey your experience that matters to you to something that's easier for the listeners to understand and that got to be a useful skill for your future job interviews. So that's one action you can do. You can think, think about your moments. Okay. Yep. Uh, another thing you can do is choose one role that you tend to avoid in a classroom if you're still a student. So, you know, let's say you are at a group presentation. If you tend to put all the materials together, but don't really, you know, report that and talk in front of the listeners at your class, then for your next project, I dare you take the speaker's role. Mm -hmm. uh, let's say if you tend up to come up with a script, but don't really get any feedback before mm -hmm. finalizing that. If you're not used to that, if you don't do it, Mm -hmm. Then next time, next project, hand out that draft version of the script and get some insights and feedback from your teammates. Because mm -hmm. in all those things that you know you don't usually do, if you do them, you're gonna get you're gonna gain new perspectives. Mm -hmm. You may still not like doing them, but you will know at least that you know how to do them and you can do them. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the last action I can recommend would be attend career fairs and mock interviews. You know, right. uh, definitely when you're seniors, but really you don't really have to wait until your senior years. You right. can attend those events as a junior or even a sophomore, right? I remember that there was 
one bilingual candidate I recruited in Boston when I was at Deloitte. And、mm-hmm. he told me that he was a junior looking for an internship position.、Mm-hmm. At that time, I was looking for someone、um, to hire as a full time job. So I was not looking for anyone <clears throat> looking for internship. But there was this guy who told me that I'm a junior、mm-hmm. and this was his second year attending the fair, which、mm-hmm. surprised me.、Um, but he told me that he attended the, career, the same career fair. Fair the、mm-hmm. year before as a sophomore,、um, not to get any job, not to get to any internship, but just to get the feel of the fair and then the、mm-hmm. atmosphere. Like, how does those events run, being run? Right. And I've never met someone who did that on his or her own, you know, right? So,、mm-hmm. naturally, that impressed me. So, right away, I reached out to the HR and asked, Hey, like, I'm here to look for a full time position candidate, but I might have found someone really great.、Um, is there an internship position that we can create? And、wow. that's just what we did. We just created a spot for him because of his proactivity that he told me. That he told me. That is such an amazing example. That he, and I he have was the heard only that. <laughs> yes, and I have heard <laughs> about、that. this kind of story before. You know,、mm-hmm. student who so proactively、uh, attended. Career fairs and meet with the professionals and impress those professionals. You never know who you will meet and you who、know. you will impress, and then you can even create a position for yourself. Exactly. Don't yeah, wait、so. until that job posted online. Go out there, meet people, create job for yourself. Exactly, Kwan. Great example. And I'm I'm really happy, right?、Um, thinking that that guy I met at. Uh, the career fair in Boston so many years ago.、Mm-hmm. Now he is still with Deloitte and he recently got promoted to his senior level、oh、my God. of responsibilities. So I'm really proud of him. You're the part of this. Everything, everything happens for a reason and it's so amazing. Well,、yeah. you created yeah. opportunities for others. That's, that's amazing. Kwan, before, before I go,、um, one additional tip, if、mm-hmm. I can suggest. Um, sure. from, from my experience, even if you're a student, create your business card. That、mm-hmm. should make the networking event and interviews go much smoother, right? Because、mm-hmm. they will hand you their business card. And if you have something to give back to them, that's going to feel more, more smooth. And not many students do that or did that when I was、mm-hmm. um, recruiting candidates. So I think that will stand out. But,、uh, Kwan, what do you think? Is that, is that still applicable or is that kind of old, old skill now? Not old skill at all. I think it's an incredible tip that you're sharing right now. And,、uh, you know, I really hope that the pandemic will be over one, one day, right? Things will come back to normal one day. So, business, ca- business cards are part of career branding. And I keep coaching my students, let them know, you know,、um, you need to have. Professional business cards printed with your target job on the top, your selling points are in there to create a conversation. Like when someone l o o k at your business card, they can tell right away what kind of job you are applying for, what are the skill set that you have, right, for the job. But however, let's come back to where we are right now. This is a new normal. There might not be any handshake or card exchange for a while. Let's say the next three or four months, 
right? The whole, the rest of the year, everything goes virtual. So I strongly recommend that students have a super polished LinkedIn profile, mm, email see. signature, e-portfolio. Use all those digital digital tools, right? That available for you to boost your brand. So right now, them might not be business cards necessary because there is no in-person event, but use those digital tools to help you boost your career brand. Those yeah, are great tips. Yeah, and thought. those are tips that I cannot share, right? Only you can share. So nice. Yeah, you can share as well, of course. <laughs> and I just want to share one last thought on this topic, stepping outside our comfort zone. Right. Um, again, this doesn't mean that you need to compete with others. It is the process that you compete with your own fears. So you need to fight through your fears. We need to fight through our fears here. And actually, you can even turn your fear into motivation. For example, one of my latest experiences was when I needed to do a three-minute pitch. Three-minute business oh, pitch. pitch. Talk about everything that I have been doing at ICOA just in that three minutes in the female foundry program that I joined recently. And I was so afraid that my English would not be perfect because I'm not a native speaker and I speak something wrong all the time, you know, my accent and everything. And I'm the only non-American speaker in the group. The rest of the participants are American native speakers, you know. Oh, wow. So... Yeah, so before the pitch day, I did lots of research. I reached out to my mentors and I asked for ideas. I prepared a lot and I practiced a lot. Like my husband say, um, I'm surprised that it didn't drive you crazy by repeating everything <laughs> all over again. <laughs> he was sitting right there watching TV and I keep repeating three minutes all over again, you know. Um, I mean, that's so, hard like, with all that you do into three minutes. Right, right. That's it's not tough. easy. It's not easy at all. So I, make, I needed to make sure that I did the timing right and I have all the structure very clear and compelling, right? So my fear motivated me to go above and beyond for my pitch to make sure that it's a perfect one because I'm not a native speaker, right? As a result, among all American founders in my session, my pitch became the the only one that had clear structure and finished within that three-minute framework that they I see, gave to us. I see. And I got lots of compliments Perfect. from my mentors after that. Yes. But, you know, because I know that I have this kind of, you know, um, English proficiency that uh, I need to overcome, right? So I practice a lot. So, yeah, that's that's my story. And I totally encourage our audience who's listening to us right now, overcome your fears, turn fear into motivation. That is my key takeaway. That's great. And, you know, it, it must have been you know, stressful. And then you probably put a lot of time and energy to create that three minutes pitch. Yes. The great yes. thing is you, you succeeded on that event, but also... Now you already have that three minutes pitch, right? That you can right. use it anytime you want when you have I to. I can use it anytime I want, right? And once Wonderful. you achieve something like that, that you have, you know, you feel afraid before, that sense of a 
accomplishment is going to be so rewarding. You feel so great about yourself. And again, it's not about competing with others, right? It's not about competing with others. You just need to overcome that fears. All right. So this conversation is so meaningful, Yoshi. I really appreciate this that you spend time with me here, and I'm sure that a few students out there may have some follow-up questions to both of us. What is the best way for students to follow your work or reach out to you for any additional questions? Mm-hmm. So, any questions? Um, surely, the listeners can listeners have Quan and ICLA's email address. So, shoot over there, and if they happen to be related to me, we'll we'll communicate, and then I can get back to them. Um, mm-hmm. If you are interested in those self development and uh, soft skills enhancement type of uh, content. Then uh, you can take a look at my blog and visit our website at www.yeubox.com, which is y e a y u b o x dot com. Mm-hmm. Such a cool name, and I'm gonna put that link in the caption, the description of the podcast as well, so our listener oh, can Additional check perk that out. Uh, Join your podcast. Wonderful. Yes. Thanks. <laughs> For sure, for sure. So just read the description, and you can get to that website and reach out to Yoshi as well, or me at icoa.com. All right, Yoshi, it's such an honor to have you as always, and thank you so much for spending the whole. Actually, it's afternoon already, the whole morning with me. Yeah, and so I'm fun. very happy um, to be able to have a podcast with you, have this dialogue with you, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, in some way, be part of your ICLA community. So, thank you very much for this opportunity and inviting me. Thank you for joining into our podcast. Make sure to visit our website icaway.com and let us know if you have any questions about this or what else you'd like to hear in the next episode. If you found this helpful, please tell your international student friends about this, as we all need to help each other. 